Okay, here we go. The Pen and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio the dial. The Pen and Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> Welcome to the Pen and Mikey Show. Okay, for those of you who don't like the podcast, and I've had I've heard back from a couple of you via email, go fuck yourself. <laughs> for those of you that love the podcast, hi everybody, welcome to the show. It's the uh, 23rd episode. Uh, quick, quick quiz for Ben. Yes. Name two famous Red Sox who wore number 23. Come on. I, I, I don't know. Can I call a friend? If you, if you had one. Uh, uh, that's a good point. 23, Louis Tian. 23, oh. Dick Williams. And 23, Blake Swihart. Speaking of Blake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jesus. You haven't lost your fastball. Uh, I syncopated my segue <laughs> and shit. Uh, Maddie Blake's going to be here with us right now. But first, got to mention our sponsors because it's the law. Uh, our sponsors are, th- are three of them, and they're wonderful. In order of importance, only because I'm not bald, Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti at 1-800-GET-HAIR, the finest in permanent hair restoration, no question about it, with six offices in New England to serve you, the bald pate. And, <laughs> and I love those guys. So call them, tell them, Mikey sent you, and you want your hair replaced with your own hair. Secondly, my buddy Jimmy Dietz, who has three restaurants, and they're all great. Actually, there are four restaurants because there's two Joe Fishes. There's one in North Reading, one in North Andover. There's the Loft, which is in North Andover, right across from the Joe Fish. It's perfect. So you want steak and chops instead of seafood, you run across the street. Also, Dos Lobos in North Reading as well, Mexican and uh, tequila. And, God, it's a great place. Uh, and our third sponsor is when we play the game. Ben, what is it? Grandma's Coffee Cakes. No, that's not the game. The game is... Oh, I thought that's what the sponsor is. Yeah, but the game is... The phrase that pays. Thank you very much. We're going to get Maddie Blake to come up with this week's phrase that pays uh, when we get to that. And that's my my grandma's coffee cake, the greatest coffee cake on the planet Earth, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 1-800-8-GRANDMA. Wow. Excuse me? I know. It's rather fortunate and unfortunate at the same time that they were able to get that number. Uh, Maddie Blake is in the house, and Maddie is a uh, God. He's a he's a jack of all trades, oh. as opposed to Ben, who's just a jackal. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> true. Maddie's an actor. He's a uh, radio personality. He's a, a director, a producer, a weightlifter. He's a karate <laughs> expert. That's true. And he. Um, doesn't eat fish on Fridays. Maddie? No, I don't. Hi, Mikey. How are you, man? i got to say right off the bat that you were a huge influence on a young Maddie Blake. How so? When you had Did that. Did I drug bag of weed? No. <laughs> a positive influence. When you had that show. Uh, Sports World. Yes. My brother had friends who had a band. And you had them on. What was your first year doing that show? Like ninety two. Yeah. Okay. So like ninety two. I was just out of high school. Yeah. And you had my buddy. <laughs> you were twenty five. Might but have been you... ninety three. Yeah. No, it took me <laughs> eight years. But uh, it might have been ninety three, ninety four, whatever. Yeah. But uh, you had them on, and I got to go with them and see behind the scenes, and you do your thing, and you. That was super ahead of its time. First of all, what you were doing. Hey, thank you. It was fun too. You know, it was live. That's what made it made it fun. And and to live. watch it from the inside, I had never thought I was such an. All I wanted to be was a cop my whole life. And even I went to criminal justice. I was. I, I didn't get into this whole thing. I fell into it. But when I saw you do that, 
I was like, whoa. Because it was local. It wasn't like Hollywood. It was like you were doing it before ESPN did it, by the by, or at least while they were doing it. Well, I don't know when it, that all started. We were kind but. of, Maddie, forced into that because they, they didn't really know what they were going to do 11 to 12 at night on that. It was a new network, and they said, well, why don't we do sports? So Somebody uh, said, yeah, okay, because they didn't care about sports. And then they said, go out there and do an hour of sports. And they didn't even tell me what. And they told me we were going to get phone calls. We are going to have a... Uh, a telephone line so people could call in, a, a TV call-in talk show. Well, there's one problem. They didn't have the money or the wherewithal or the brains to put up a delay system. Mm. So the people who would call, mm-hmm. they'd be like, yeah, hey, Mike. Say, yeah, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for calling, Bob. You know, So that was tough. And it was just you. You were two camera. You were calling your own shots. You were improving all, almost all of it. Uh, no, all prompter. Of it, all. It, it was really amazing. And then I'm going to pay you another compliment at the same time, tell a self-aggrandizing anecdote about myself. Yeah, so, do it. Years later, thank you, Bill. Years later, I got a studio <laughs> show at this upstart network called The Back Nine. They were wanting to be a golf channel and be a golf network. And right. I got my own studio show Monday through Friday. We had 49, 50 minutes to shoot, 44 minutes of content. So it was live to tape. We had to bang it out in the studio because yeah. the next show was coming, that type of show. And we were doing it, and I literally said to one of my producers, I said, no, we're going to do it. Like my boy Mikey Adams used to do it. We're going to roll, baby. We're just roll. roll. I went right to camera, and I did a monologue that I wrote. And then other than that, we had guests on it, but I just let it roll. And I, you were a huge influence. Isn't you really it much were, more brother. fun to do a live show with, without anyone uh, telling you what the hell you're supposed to say and how long you're supposed well, to take, take to say it? it's it. fun if you're good, like you are. Like oh. you were, honestly. Like it's were. Really, it, were. Were, yes. <laughs> it, it's really hard when and you will did. be again. <laughs> um, so anyway, did you ever see the segment right called "Hide the Salami"? Oh, I, well, you called me in your office. We had this segment called "Hide the Salami," where we had this—you know how they have in the deli, uh, the Italian delis—they're hanging from the ceiling all these uh, big giant salamis, and they're—it's just the case. There's no meat in there, but. We had one of those, and we brought it in the set one day. And we, and we, Eric Evangelista, nice Italian boy. He said, what, what do we play a game called Hide the Salami? I said, okay. So every guest that would come out, one of the guests or one of the people on the staff of the show would I'm just have, made someone okay that. I know. Well, no, no boss did. We just did it on our own. Fantastic. So if somebody had the salami each episode, and we'd say, okay, it's time to play. we play the Italian music. Hide the salami. And we have to, the caller had to guess who had it. So the late Carl Bean had Oh, my God, yeah. Carl, Carl Bean. Bean was a great friend. He's, he's sitting there, you know, a little troll-like guy. He's a really cool guy. And... Uh, he had the salami, so when he they said, they said, I guess Carl Bean, he stands up, puts it down on the desk, and he's standing there, and it's exactly at dick level. I mean, but it's on the table. I was dying. I mean, the straightest arrow of them all to be like, oh, It was great. great. And uh, so Hide the Salami was a major award-winning segment, mm-hmm. uh, as was Celebrity Feet, mm-hmm. you know, Who Hit the Homa. We had a lot of them. But anyway, it's fun. Thank you for, for that. Oh, huge. And thanks for watching. Huge. <laughs> you were great. I used to thank everybody for watching because, you know, oh, you're paying your cable bill, are you? Oh, you're watching the B trunk, B26 tonight, huh? So how, how did you, did you go to Connecticut School of Broadcasting? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I did, too. I, I did. Guess I what? Did too. So did Ben. So yeah. guess who our next sponsor should be? Darn right. <laughs> I Look guess so, because when they hear this, they'll say, now that's broadcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when did you go there? Oh, that's a great... Uh, I'm so bad with years. That had to be right before I left for New York City. So, uh, well, not right before, but at 90s. Uh, the early 90s? Yeah, Mid? well, later. 
mid mid nineties, twenty something, twenty something years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever meet Dick Robinson? The I owner? did. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, he he he. he and a professor there, like one of the teachers, and this really nice guy who ran, what's his name, who runs the Wellesley campus? Steve oh, Williams. Steve, Steve Williams. Yeah, Droopy Dog. nice guy. They came to my stand-up show in... Uh, I call him Droopy Dog. <laughs> he's the nicest guy. They came to my stand-up show in, at Nick's in Boston. Uh, really? Just unsolicited. They saw I was performing, and they they were all standing back there. I guess Dick was doing something on a boat or something. He had a yeah, he had a boat called a boat. the Airwaves. Yeah, and it was a, a yacht, Boston or something. So yeah. they came to my show at Nick's Boston. It was that's really awesome. Nice Steve's a great guy. Dick Dick's Robinson, amazing. Is, I used to listen to him when I was a kid in Hartford. He was on mm. Big D, sloppiest board work you ever heard in your life. What, what a guy though. You know, you'd hear dead air. You know, what's going on? I don't know. Dick Robinson here. Hi, how's your Clyde? And he'd say weird stuff. But I became friends with him over the years for many, many years. And this story, this is a true story, happened to him at DRC when he was a sales manager. They, some guy learned how to, you know how to fart in a jar? <laughs> you, I don't, is, it, is it complicated? It sounds, I mean, you I say, thought it was two steps. No, you take, yeah, from the description, it sounds yeah. easy. But. Here's what you do. You take, <laughs> you take a baby food jar, and you open it up. Does it have to be baby sit, food? Would you stop interrupting? This is important. I'm sorry. I just want a clarification. You sit in the bathtub and you put the uh, the uh, baby food jar upside down, you know, so the open part is down towards your towards your crotch. Right. And then when you fart in the tub, the bubble get, goes up into the baby food jar and gets trapped. Okay. So you do one or two of them, and then you put on a cap. You, under the water, you put the cap on, and when you pull it out, you got, might have a little bath water in there, but you're going to have mostly just pure fart. A fart bubble. Right. right that's all there and is in there for air is just fart. And it's, So as an anniversary gift... Do you wrap them or do you well, just did you box them to your way? It depends who 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 okay. it is you're giving them to. Yeah, right. so, so this guy thought it'd be funny. He worked with Dick Robinson at WDRC in Hartford. He said this would be funny. I'll put this on Dick Robinson's desk. So he, Dick comes in in the morning. How you doing? I, I know. I say, yeah. You make a call, Dick Robinson, baby. And he goes, what the hell is this? He picks up the jar, opens it up. He, the first thing he does is sniffs it. He, he gets a full, straight from the ass fart, and he he goes, oh, he goes, oh Christ! He turns to the guy. He goes, what'd you do? Fart in that jar, babe? <laughs> he, he knew. Wow. He knew the trick. So anyway, uh, Dick, how did I get off on that tangent? I don't, I don't know. know, but th- there's nothing that I can say that's going to equate to or better a farting in a baby jar story. It's just, I should well, leave. Yeah, it was, I guess it was, was Dick it Gerber's. Fantastic. Dick Robinson triggered it because he's one of these guys. He, even when he, he says hi, everybody, like he's walking into a crowded room, even when mm. it's just him and his wife. He's like, <laughs> hi, everybody. He's his wife. Oh, hi, honey. But he's one of my one of my good friends, and uh, I think he's eighty now. So wait, the smell. Will stay in the bubble. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you can it. You're jar- you're jarring that fart. You're I didn't, jar- how do I not know this? You're jarring it. You know. So once you put that cap back on under the water, that's all that's in there is a little water now, which goes to the bottom. Fart goes to the top. You open it up. Poof, right in the. Face. How do I not? This makes fart lighting like child's play. This is next level stuff. I've never been able to get a fart to light. <laughs> oh really? Well, Despite multiple efforts, yeah. the night is young. I got a restaurant I want you to try. It's Dos Lobos. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them in '96. So Natty is now. Hold on. Uh-huh. You you like me? Yeah. And like Ben mm-hmm. had a departure from Entercom. Mm-hmm. What correct. happened? And tell me who. First of all, who hired you? Was it Ron Valeri? Valeri, yes. Okay, and who yes. fired you? Uh, this new, well, it was Mark Hannon and this new PD, Joe Calgaro, yeah. who just came in and replaced They came Ron. in and said, you're out. Well, Ron Valeri retired about a year into my two-year run. And uh, so we were without a PD for a long time. And this guy, Joe, came in from Milwaukee, 
Super nice guy, super hands off. But he drinks. Had, <laughs> well, it was weird. He had these baby jars. <laughs> and I already like them. So he, he was very cool and everything, but we were just on the tail end of a two-year contract. The ratings, we would have these little spikes. Yeah. And one little problem with our situation, not to make excuses, but the day, the day they hired us, Mikey, they took away the 97.7 FM tower. Oh, that's great. That helps your ratings. still rated us by Boston Ratings. So yeah. where you could hear Nick and I, we were number one with a bullet. But, of course, in you know the totality of the ratings, we just stayed average. We'd have these little spikes. It was like, oh, my God, here we go. We're yeah, doing yeah. it. We're doing it. Right. We're like, we're in fourth place out of nowhere. Now, what, did they, what did they put reality. on that signal they stole from you? What did they put on instead? I think it's a hip-hop. Is that right, Ben? No, like, it was... Uh, Rhythmic AC? Yes. Rhythmic yeah. AC. Rhythmic yeah, AC. More what the along hell those is lines. that? Like, it's closer to, like, R&B. Yeah. Okay. You know, R&B for uh, soccer moms. Yes. That's right? a very good okay. description of it. See, when I think of Rhythmic AC, I think of you... We got the beat. We got the no, beat. No. Like, by the way, you might hear some like Luther, Luther. At, at four in the afternoon. Yeah. I saw the Go Go's half naked. That's true story. I was backstage in the pool. What a transition. They opened for the police. They were changing? Yes. I was backstage and they were changing. One of them was topless. The other one had just Whoa. a bra on. The other one was changing. I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to be in here. The Go Go's. So that you were Go-Go's. in that video with what? them? Their lips were sealed. <laughs> was that all set up? That's all set up, man. It's true it story, though. No, it actually happened. I met yeah, them all backstage. And I actually brought, oh. I brought them out. I was the one that came on stage. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, the Go-Go's. Uh, <laughs> my best radio voice. And I met Sting that day, too. He was kind of a sullen prick. Yeah. There's really? A, there's yeah. a great Sting story. There's this cat <laughs> named uh, Eddie Harsh, who was the keyboardist of the Black Crows. He's a real cool guy, hippie, long hair, great keyboardist, probably the best musician in the band. And they're at a festival, and the Crows, this is when they're at their height, and they're dressed like hippies, and Sting comes out of his entourage, and Eddie Harsh is smoking a big one, you know, and he's just like, walks by, he's like, hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> like nothing, nothing. You know, nothing. They just, Sting just keeps his, and walks right by him. Yeah. So like, what the fuck, you know? So then they have to come back by. Just moments later, they must have turned around and done something and come back by. So Eddie's like, how you doing, man? You know, now this time, really trying to get Sting's attention. Yeah. Nothing. Sting just walks by mm. his nose up in the air, and Eddie Harsh goes... Who the fuck's that guy think he is? Sting? <laughs> That's it. What a great story. Hey, he was not friendly when I met him. The other two guys, by the way, Stuart Copeland and mm-hmm. uh, Andy And the Summers, other guy. They were great, nice. They were, hey, how you doing? You know, really friendly. But Sting was over in a corner with his arms folded, staring straight ahead like he looked angry. So I went over and shook his hand. He, and he nodded and just shook my hand back. But he didn't smile. He didn't say hi. You know, mm. I wanted him to say hi. Yeah. So I could go home and say to my wife, hey, honey, guess who said hi to me? Sting. Yeah. Well, when your name is Gordon and then you change it to Sting, you probably that takes some attitude. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that alone. Call, I want you to call me Sting from now on. That's like so how's Fitzy movie. doing? Nick's great. Fitzy's great. Uh, um, I just did it. We just did a reunion podcast. Uh, some actually uh, a weed company in in Gardner paid us. Oh yeah, yeah I was oh, reading about this. Write that down. We need to get them as a sponsor. Yes. I was, oh, I was reading yes. about this. Sanctuary Medicinals uh, in Gardner, great, beautiful store. Yeah. I don't smoke it, but a beautiful store. It's like an uh, it's like an Apple store for weed. Doesn't you know, smoke gorgeous. it, but he loves to smell it. Right. Yeah, and I like to get paid to do podcasts by it. Mm. Right. So we had fun. You know, we did a we, we told our side of the story, and um, some fans showed up, and we just had a good old two hour. Reunion show, cool. That's yeah, that's man. a way to do it. Yeah. Now tell me about all the TV stuff because you you were involved in the uh, uh, what was it called digging the the Curse of Oak uh, Island. <laughs> yes, Curse of Oak Island. He dug old, the hole himself. All those old bearded guys. <laughs> Who the hell are these old grunts? Yeah. So 
this has been a show that I'm still with. Um, I'm going in my fifth season wow. coming up. Um, so basically, if anyone who doesn't know the Oak Island story, it's for over 200 years, uh, they've been trying to figure out what the hell's buried underneath Oak Island. Right. Somebody at some point built some sort of underground chambered vault system. And, and they, they thought it was like gold or something? Correct. Or, yeah. yeah, There's well, there's different theories of what's down there. Um, and this show on, on History Channel called The Curse of Oak Island is chronicling the most recent searchers, This the brothers Lagina, mm-hmm. Rick and Marty Lagina That's from Michigan. the bearded guys? Yeah. <clears throat> and they are trying to... Well, there's a whole team of them. whole team of bearded white guys. But I know the two you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Rick and Marty. Well, actually... The uh, one with glasses, the one without... Sometimes wears glasses. Marty's clean-shaven, but Rick has a beard. Rick, right. Rick looks like a... A Knights Templar night, which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny because that's one of the theories about who did this, and they have found things that actually are pointing to that now. They found a medieval cross, which has been dated to medieval times. They have found some works in this place called Smith's Cove that's very, very old. Yeah, and they said the wood was seventeen hundreds. Yeah, so, so someone m- had already been in there, right? Yeah, so the money pit itself, where it all started, two hundred twenty something years ago. You did your research. Uh, the money pit was 1795. This guy, Daniel McGinnis, and his friends see these anomalous lights. The, the island had a history of weird stuff before mm-hmm. that. So they row over to the island. They see a depression in the ground. They dig 10 feet. They hit pe- platforms. Every 10 feet, they hit platforms, and they find some stuff And until it flooded with, with water. At 90 feet, they found a stone with weird carvings on it. So ever since then, people have been trying to figure out what the hell what was happened. down there and what happened. Right? Wouldn't it be so great if they found Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> <laughs> so how many people? How many people have died digging in that hole? So okay, far? so uh, the <laughs> legend that we know of, the legend, the curse of Oak Island, if you will, says seven people must die in active pursuit of the treasure. Okay. So as we know right now, six have died. What, what did you say? How many people have died digging in that active hole? Isn't that something you ask at a bordello? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey. So, but so, okay, so that show is now in, in it's in reruns? It's, uh, no, as a matter of <laughs> fact, it's, it's actually, it's the uh, number one reality show on Tuesday nights on cable. It's one of the highest rated cats. Oh, so suck shows. it, it's Mike. It's doing unbelievable. No, no, no I, I don't I say was that. Kidding. I'm I was not, kidding. I, no, I'm not defending. I'm just saying it's really. <laughs> Kicking ass. Um, you know, the producer of my old TV show, Eric Evangelista, produced Amish Mafia. And, oh, yeah. And uh, he's got Hot Snakes Media going on down in New York. He's doing all these really crazy shows. He's doing a show now on what it's like to be an adorer of the Kardashian clan. Oh, wow. It's, real, it's wow. a real-life thing. You know, it's a, I, I remember that Amish Mafia show. That was the weirdest. I mean, How weird is that? They were like badass Amish. Yes, and if the, if the, there was revenge, if the guy didn't build your barn fast enough, you know, you could <laughs> take his daughter <laughs> over and watch the metronome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just the dumbest ass thing I've ever. But I guess it worked pretty well. There's, yeah. you know, in real, reality TV, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah, I mean, there's shows, there's successful shows about parking lot attendants. So <laughs> that's right. Really, so, um, yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> excuse me, it's the weed. The the. <laughs> The reality uh, world is wide open. You, you can. If you have the right idea, you can make anything happen. I have a reality show in mind about Joe Castiglione. Oh, yeah. The cla- legend. Who wouldn't watch that, Ben? Huh? Would you watch it? I'd watch it. I mean, wait. Are, no, this is- Hold on. There are parameters to get me to actually watch this, mm. though. Yeah, you need to find the remote. I would need to know who is playing Joe Castiglione. Right. That's me. Key. You're playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence right now. 
I do his voice so well that they can't have anyone else cast as as him. Uh, in fact, is this I, an animated show? No, do I have to look at your face every week. Well, it's actually dramatic readings by Joe Castiglione in various circumstances. Like, um, let me just give you an example. Uh, you, you know how Joe operates. You know his his iambic pentameter and his pace is weird. Mm. Like when he introduces a player, he'll say, uh, "Here comes Jorge Rivera." Of course, uh, the first season for the 22-year-old, he's a Dominican player. His father played ball in Santa Domingo, hit 287 with 11 home runs in only 53 games before tearing, uh, tearing up his labia. Uh, his mother was a hooker. His father uh, found her on the streets, gave her 15 bucks, and that's uh, how the whole story started. So that's Joe. He goes into a lot more depth than you really need on any given. But I'm, I'm going to have him doing readings of important yeah. stuff. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, Robert Frost, <laughs> whose woodsies are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. <laughs> he will not see us stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. You know, you, you know that poem, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or uh, Dirty Harry's famous. Uh, oh yeah. Did he fire five bullets or six? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being that this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You wouldn't think it would work, but it does, Ben. That actually scares the shit of me far more than it's Eastwood. It's unbelievable. Uh, how about, uh, you know, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth in this continent a new nation. Or how about this one? The <laughs> Look, li- I would just rolls the, into the next word. The yeah. lyrics to classic songs like... Uh, Led Zeppelin. There's a lady who knows all that glitters is gold. <laughs> and she's buying a stairway to heaven. How, I mean, how, or, or wait, the aforementioned Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Did you ever go over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? The macaroni's soggy, the peas are mushy, and the chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> Can Joe sue me for this shit? No. I love Joe. But anyway, that's my idea for a reality oh, show. Amazing. What do you think? Yeah, no, Don, you know I will people? talk to the people of Prometheus, yeah. Can you talk to Don Buckwald yeah, for me? absolutely. <laughs> done. Tell done him I done. need stern money and a, and a lot of weed. <laughs> Get this done. So you also had a, oh, if I'm not mistaken, shit. you had a stand-up comedian role. And you still do. You can once you can do that, you can st- always do that. Yeah, right? I don't do it so much anymore. I kind of semi-retired from it. I'll, I'll do like but uh, you could if some. Oh said. yeah, I did. I did a you know during the Maddie and Nick years, I did like six or seven benefit shows a year. My friend Jimmy Dunn, comedian, he had to ask me I to. Do, I, matter of fact, we did one at uh, Fenway, uh, a nice benefit concert. So uh, Jimmy's good shit. Show. Oh, Jimmy's the best. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, so I'll dust that card off every once in a while, but. You have it in your repertoire. Yeah, Where did yeah you I got s- my 20. Yeah. Did you start here in Boston or did yeah. you start in New York? No, I started here in Boston. The reason I went to New York was because of stand-up. Um, I was working here in Boston. I was actually <clears throat> doing radio and doing stand-up and sketch and improv. I was a member of Improv Boston. And then I made the – Comedy Central used to have a thing called the Laugh Riots. Yeah, yeah. It was a stand-up competition, and I made the finals, and it was in New York City, and I came in second of the country. Who beat you? So you stayed. This kid, Jerry D., as I remember, from Canada. He's yeah. gone on to have a really good you know, stand-up career. Has he? But, um, Fuck him. If I remember, that's who, that's who it was. I could be wrong on that, but that's how I remember. We already and, don't like him. So, yeah, I got signed that. There were a bunch of agents and managers. It was at uh, a big club in, in New York City, and I got 
signed that weekend, so I just packed up my shit and yeah. left. Stand up's got to be brutal. I, I, you know, so people have said to me, "Oh, why don't you?" Because I, first of all, I got to be able to stand up. <laughs> yeah, right. Secondly, uh, it's not like I don't sit around thinking, "Oh, let me write this down," because that would be funny if I said it. But if you could get on stage and just rattle it off, and now is that is it a memorization thing? I had an act I memorized. Yeah, yeah. But you could just go up and do twenty minutes at Castiglione doing uh, dramatic <laughs> readings. Dramatic readings, kill it. See, that's kidding? why I think the reality yeah. show will work. Absolutely. You know? A lot of people like him. And yeah, they like absolutely. His, like his cadence. Yeah. I think they might get confused with drunk history, but okay. <laughs> hey, that's another podcast idea, by the way. Drunk baseball. Bill Lee had that idea. How does the, it work? The spaceman. Well, you just you talk, talk nothing but baseball, but you're really drunk. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's it's just fantastic. so. I thought there's so, more to it than that. No. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's easy. The, the formula is, you know, 15 beers per person and just talk baseball. And Bill can do that. I've seen him oh. do that a million times with more than 15 beers. You know, so that's a good podcast <laughs> idea. Maybe we should have a different podcast every night. What do you fellas think? No. Okay. Some good producing right there. That's a strong yeah, that's answer. A, that's an iron no. fist. So did you leave Entercom on good terms, Maddie? <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, that's how I conduct my business, Mike. I, even if I'm wronged, I just believe in, like... I know you had a terrible experience with that. I've listened all the way in. So I didn't know any of that. I, I had Shit, less... I never would have said hi to Mud at the gym if I had known all that. I had less than a graceful oh, exit. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, well, no. He's, plus, he's so hairy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and fucking uh, stupid, too. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing to me is so... Uh... Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure his kids like him, though, but uh, mm-hmm. give, give him time. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you see Mud at the gym? Could you do me a I favor? I did. I saw him at the gym. Well, I don't anymore because I don't work there anymore. <laughs> I have this. Okay, I got this. This one's for Mikey, and I drop a weight on his foot. You know that You know that chemical compound that uh, the pre- uh, prime minister of North Korea used on his brother-in-law? He had the two women walk up and put the cloth <laughs> yeah, yeah. on. I, I want to try, I wanna try right. something. <laughs> Fine. If you pay me. So what are you going to do now? I mean, for radio. I mean, you got to do some radio. I might radio. be done with the radio. Really? I feel like I shouldn't even have taken the job in some ways. I mean, I learned. I, it was it was a great experience, and uh, it was wonderful with Nick. And but it's just I don't know that that. I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm kind of sussing that out now. I feel like that medium and and is just in a weird place, and I I don't know. In s- sports in this town, you're golden. You yeah. know, if you want to well, do sports talk and be funny, well, golden uh, shower. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know. It's an opportunity you can pursue, but I think, you know, being a personality in radio now, wh- where do you go? It's not the same as it used to be. Where do you go? No, you're right. That there is no, there's no up anymore. Yeah, it's just, it's just not, look, it, it's not bad, it's not good, it's just a different thing. It's not what I do. It's like no. I don't spin records, you know what I mean? Right. So, But, you know, I hear these guys, I, I listen in the morning, you know, because I'm a Lyft driver now. I've heard. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I am so good. For some reason, I'm the best at finding foreigners. <laughs> that don't, they don't even talk to you. They don't, well, they do, but I don't understand a fucking word they're saying. <laughs> I, 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 I think I've had like, uh, let's say if I have 100 rides in the last few weeks, I bet you 20 of them were from, you know, India. Yeah. And, the, and 20 of them were from like uh, Brazil. Right. And 20 of them were like from Central America. And 20 of them, oh, required me to get out and help them into the car because they had crutches or something. Right, you know? right. It's like just, you just want a businessman. You want wait, a businessman wait, wait, and a bowler and a What country were they from? <laughs> the, the crutchy people? 
Yes. Oh, I don't know. You mean the all crutchy ones? <laughs> Where are you about in the Commonwealth while this is going on? Oh, I'm all over the place, man. Really? I, listen to this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had this guy call me up. I picked him up at the... Call you? No, I mean, the, the lift thing beeped in the thing. So I, you, yeah. I couldn't find him. He's at the hospital pickup zone for the ambulatory center because he's with his wife who was foreign, and she had a leg problem. And so I had to drive them. I said, where are we going? He says, Ashby. I said, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Hal Ashby? <laughs> the former Houston Astros catcher, Alan Ashby? I'm like, this was, it's way up north of near Lemonster, Fitchburg, way up oh, there. God. And I had to go to the top of this dirt road mountain to drop the guy off. Halfway up the dirt road, I lost my app. There was no service. Oh, no. I'm thinking, I'm in hell. How can I register this ride? And it was a long ride. It was like 41 miles. I'm thinking, this isn't going to register. I'm going to lose the $63. (laughs) It's actually 50. (laughs) I was hoping for a big tip from this guy. And he lived in this, like, shack. And and he goes... Oh, you, you, uh, you, I forgot to tell you, you lose service up here. I'm like, oh, dun, dun, dun. I, ding, 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 you know, deliverance, I'm thinking. This is screwy. I'm in Ashby, Massachusetts. I couldn't find my way out. That's a dirt road. I got a goddamn Grand Marquis. I don't have an SUV. I'm thinking this thing's going to bottom out. I got rear wheel. It's going to snow. Fuck it. <laughs> I, but I made it back alive. You did. You're here. Yeah. And he wasn't a, technically a foreigner, although his wife was. So the thing is, I'm going to have to take some different language courses now. You know, that's another cost of being a Lyft driver I, I wasn't thinking about. I'm going to have to learn, you know, Portuguese, yeah. Spanish. Mm-hmm. What do they speak in India? India. Hindu. Hindu. Hindi. I don't know. You're going to have to learn Ashby. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they speak up there. But people you know, are laughing at me because I'm doing it, but it's actually it's it's entertaining. And I'm going to, Smitty's going to hook me up with a microphone in the back there so I can record all what these well, people say, then translate it. That was a bit we did on Maddie and Nick, actually, because I, I have a thing that Nick found out about that I honestly, this isn't a bit I did for radio, but I, for years in all my traveling, I interview my Uber drivers or my limo drivers or my, I just find them, I just find there's, because, and, and taxi drivers all those years in New York City, I was 20 years in New York City going from, and I'd always ask them where they're from and ask, and every once in a while you would get a story, Mikey, that would, literally, if you wrote it right. on a computer for a movie, people would be like, nah, Because truth way is too so broad. much Dude, better. I had a guy who was in the Polish mafia. And he's telling me these stories like, oh, they uh, killed my brother. You know, they killed my brother. They, they killed my bossa. Chopped his feet off. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, hmm. I, what? You're my cab driver. I'm going to a dentine commercial, a dentine gum voiceover commercial. And you had a f- siblings, your feet were cut off. What are you right. talking about? Oh, it's man. fantastic. Well, you know, the, the good thing is when, when someone gets into your lift vehicle, there's always a way to kind of, I don't know, melt the ice a little yeah. bit. Some people don't like to talk. They just get involved in their device. Some people don't Ugh. stop talking. I think it's a lost opportunity. But I start off the conversation so that it's going to open the door a little bit because I got some experience with this. If the guy gets in, I go, "Oh, hey, so, geez, what are you, what's that boil on your face?" <laughs> that's, that's an icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, an icebreaker. And then he tell me about it for the rest of the ride. It's pretty good. Now, but see, imagine if I was I'm out of town. And you pick me up, and I don't know you because I'm from wherever. Yeah. And I go, so what's your deal? And you go, well, I used to have a show. What? I mean, think about what you could tell someone who's interviewing you. Right. I had a show on Nest Neckin. And they wouldn't believe I, a word of it. No, of no, course not. No. I saw the Go-Go's naked. Yeah. I knew a guy who oh, farted sure into a did. baby jar. Yeah, sure you did. <laughs> what did you do, go on a porn site? I once tried to shake Sting's hand, and he told me to fuck off. Hey, he didn't tell me to fuck off, though. He's very, very, right. yes, yeah, no. 
cordial. Yeah. Yeah, I would have told you that in the story. If you told me. <laughs> Let's give you some poetic license to make the ride interesting, Mikey, for God's sakes. No, I tell them a lot of weird shit. I, you know, when they get in a car, sometimes I lie to them a little bit, you know, and, yeah. I, you know, I tell them I was in porn movies myself. <laughs> You know, uh, but uh, it's it. I tell you, it's not even about the. I've I've done pretty well. I think I've made because I, I started on the first day of April of uh of April. Right. So I think I've done a month now, and I think I've made like thirteen hundred dollars, and I'm only doing it like two hours a day. That's great. just enough to get wacky stories for the podcast. Yeah, is it, would you would you describe this as kind of a social experiment? Yes, on your part. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I. For that very reason, I, love it. I even wear a condom when I'm driving these people. I love it. I love it. There's not enough of that in the world. I don't want any social experiments going that far. No, that's true. You know. So, uh, what else is? I mean, tell me, tell me more. What are, What are you going to do? What's well, your big plans? Because you always have something going on, and it's always cool. Yeah, I mean, I went immediately. So the reason I say I was ambivalent about the radio job, I don't mean to say that I didn't love it, and I, I wouldn't. I would have stayed absolutely because it's like. You know, you're doing your thing, and I had the Oak Island thing, which is all I needed. Yep. But then it's like, hey, we'll make concessions for that, and you can get, you can make double, double what you make now. Right. I'm, all right. So it was wonderful, but now that it's gone, I just ran back into the embrace of Oak Island, and my role there is going to increase this season coming up. How about the movie yeah. roles? Because you've been in movies, yeah. and, and you, yeah, they're, that, they're always weird but memorable little little roles. Thank you, Mikey. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I love uh, auditioning for stuff, and uh, that took a hit the last two years because of Maddie and Nick, but I still have my agent in New York City, so uh, I'll be green-screening myself from my home studio yeah. for more movie roles. And yeah. You said you wanted to be a cop. You played a cop in what, what was it? Oh, I've played a bunch what, of What was the yeah. one where you were the—, the uh, God, it was— Mr. Gribber— Clint Eastwood, I played a yes, cop. Yeah, yes, yeah, I right. I played um, a cop in that. Yeah. Right. And I just played a cop in this movie that came out last summer with uh, Scarlett Johansson called Rough Night. Um, it's like a, guy, a girl's version of the, ba- of the um, Hangover. Except, oh, the girls, okay. the girls yeah, yeah. Except there's party. sandpaper in it. Yeah, and they like <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they kill a male stripper by accident, and hijinks ensues. And I play a cop who gives her boyfriend a, a uh, field sobriety test. Oh, it came Jesus. out last summer. Yeah, Scar- I didn't get to meet. How do you Scar- kill a male but... stripper by accident? You well, know? Uh, we can... thought he was a girl. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> That's a weird. So uh, you have any of those roles? Because I've always wanted to be in just some movie, even if it's for two seconds, doing something that people remember. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can you talk to Don Buckwong for me? I will. I'll make some calls, Mike. Can you do this dramatic reading for him? I can do whatever you want in Joe Castiglione's voice. All right. Let's go to the park. Ready? Go, Joe. Joe Castiglione. Okay. Take it away. How about Joe driving a lift? Hi, hop in. Where are you going? (laughs) Oh, Ashby, Massachusetts. I've been there. It's beautiful up there in the hills. Sure. So, uh, sir, why are you driving a lift? Like, what's your deal? Where are you from? Shut the fuck up and pay the tip jar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, maybe you and I should do a show. Hey, I listened to the morning show on EEI that when I was lift driving the other yeah. morning, and it blows. <laughs> you have, you got Who's Mutt, doing it now? Uh, First of all, Callahan, who I actually like. Yeah. He's been doing it for years, so I can listen to him because yeah. he obviously has had something to say for years, and he's never gotten fired so far. Uh, but Mutt... Who stinks? And then you got Reamer, who who's the worst. Is that like, the kid who said the? Uh, uh, he's a he said yeah, the bad about, thing about, about Brady's uh, yeah, pissant. Yeah, that kid is pissant. on the morning show. He's not, well. He comes in and then they, I mean Wiggy, who I don't mind, but he's not when he's on every day. I kind of do mind. I mm. like hearing him once, maybe once a week, because I don't. You know, I think he's kind of funny. Right, right, right. But 
Mutt and Reamer. I, wh- why can't you and I get a show, for hey, Christ's man, sake? I'd listen to it. And Ben. Ben's <laughs> yeah. great on the air. Have you heard him on the air on the, on, on uh, EEI 103.7? I think he's great if he's behind the glass, like a double-paned mm. glass with no microphone, and maybe the, the windows are tinted, and you can't really see him or have any communication with him. You Possibly in another studio down the hall, like at another station. I think he's wonderful. I think you're being rather hard on the young lad. He knows how I feel about him. <sighs> He does look like Fucking a asshole. He does, he does look like a blocked punt, though. <laughs> Ben's the man. All right, so here's our plan: All, you, you, me, uh, the three of us. I love it. Ben, Maddie, Blake, me on some show on some fucking radio station somewhere where they actually want numbers for low money. Mikey, I'll tell you, the only way I'd <laughs> You're ever great at negotiating. Only way I'd ever go back in radio, I think, at this point, is if it was with Mikey. All right, done. Wait, it's gonna happen. All right, you you have a you have an interesting podcast that I helped you with That's, for some weird reason. Yeah, what remind me of how you're like, hey, I want to do this podcast. Where do I need to go? What yeah, do I need we to had do? Lunch, and I was like, right? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, just do this. Yeah, Here, go yeah. to this website, pay this, you're done. Yeah, do your thing. Yeah. But you've been doing Monsterland for two years. Yes. It's such an interesting concept. It's better. There's a lot of these type of podcasts, but they're usually stuffy and boring. With is it about some reddits? tool bag, you know, telling us some <laughs> yeah. dumb story. But this one's actually really good. So where are you at with Monsterland right now? Thank you, brother. Uh, so we got picked up by Pod 617, which is a, uh, a Boston-based podcast mm-hmm. network. Pretty good. Uh, what's the um, significance of those numbers, 617? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. It connects to some history in Boston <laughs> something. Um, but they uh, – is, is six – aren't there, like, multiple area codes now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 781, 508, Western Mass has 413. Are you writing these down? confusing. <laughs> um, so we, we do it there, and uh, we're in the yeah, second season, and it's just basically for anyone who's into the paranormal or the unexplained, which, by the way, if you look at the news just this week, oh, there's geez. a story about the U.S. Navy changing the way you can— Thank you, Bill. He's, he's agreeing. Changing the way that you can report— UFO sightings by their officers because it's becoming and by their pilots because it's so ubiquitous that they had to come up with a respectable way where these guys aren't going to get fired or ostracized for saying, hey, we are seeing these things. We don't know what the fuck they are. Well, isn't that because everyone else is dumb? It's an unidentified flying object. It well, doesn't necessarily okay. mean it's a fucking saucer. So wait, so Mikey, where do you stand on this stuff? A because, paranormal? Yeah. Well, if I was going to have breast, breast surgery, I'd probably get a pair of bigs. <laughs> I, I actually had the scrotum reduction surgery. I heard that. Oh, that was very geez. brave of you. I, well, it's like going, like being yeah. in a three-legged race with myself all the time. Very brave. <laughs> and you did that back when no one was having that surgery. I think it was no, very, I was the first. Not all heroes wear scrotum bags. I was the first. What? And they, they, they actually they reduced <laughs> it too much. I, I, Some. I, I went back. I said, "I want my sack back, Jack." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, what else are we, what else right. are we talking so about? So Monsterland, Monsterland, you can check it out uh, everywhere you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, you know, the whole fucking thing. And I know coming up you have the season finale of The Curse of Oak Yes. I've been following it along. Now, the interesting thing about this show is going into it years ago, I thought it was going to be like the typical type of these reality shows where it's chasing Bigfoot. Right, right, right. And it's like, oh, there's never actually any fucking payoff. But right. you guys have been consistently able to pay something off each year. Where is it going to end up? Yeah, man. They just had the actually as we record this, the season six premiere of the main show was last night. And then I'm doing a one hour special May seventh, Tuesday, in which we get results of a test that was teased basically last night. 
and then we do a tribute to a guy named Dan Blankenship, who's one of the original, mm-hmm. uh, the 95-year-old member of that search team who passed away just about a month or so ago. So we do a tribute to him. So Tuesday night is going to wrap up season six. He was the really, huge... really old guy. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Blankenship. I'm sad to hear that he that he, he was he was cool as part of the show. Yeah, man. Right before he died, though, they were able to give him the dendrochronology testing. Uh, the wood dating of Smith's Cove. You had mentioned earlier, Mike, we were talking about 1795, the yeah. original, and what you were referring to was they found stuff in Smith's Cove that is older than the money pit. So we know that people were doing something, digging something in connection. Is that maybe. where they got the cross? <clears throat> yeah, same beach. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so shit was going down in Smith's Cove. But anyway, they got to present to Mr. Blankenship, uh, who's been there since the 60s. Uh, hey, when you're that old, you got to test your wood. <laughs> All right, my my theory, my theory, is that it was Vikings. Vikings. It was, it was those really? from Greenland. Okay, that yep. came over. Yep. Leif Erikson, Eric the Red, yep. that that yep. crew that came over settled on mm-hmm. Vineland, whatever Vineland actually proves to be, mm-hmm. whichever. I think it was one of you know one of them. Yeah, man. That that a... that, that helps. To, you know that cross that you guys found that you guys had tested. Right. It makes sense. They were pillaging uh, Western England, everything, yeah. Lindisfarne. Yeah. They were tearing up all of their monasteries, so it makes sense to why they would have religious iconography with them. And the dating works out. Ben, I didn't know you were so fucking smart. He's wicked smart. It's unbelievable. Have you yeah. done any research into their ability to engineer underground works? I'm being serious. Vikings, yeah. Nordics. Yeah, because no. that's a key point. Because people have theories. But then if you research their ability to conduct underground work, sometimes some of those theories fall apart a little bit. Like the pirate thing. A lot of people think it's pirate's treasure, pirate treasure. Pirate's treasure, as far as we know, people would, you know, you'd dig a hole 10 feet and yeah. X marks yeah. a spot. D- this is like a massive engineering works. Yeah, right. Although <clears throat> we've learned a lot more about pirates, uh, privateers, as they were called. Yep. Who they actually did have engineers and, and stuff like that on their crews. They weren't the, you know, patch wearing, swashbuckling guys as we have romanticized yeah. them to yeah. be. They were actually really skilled sailors. So we don't know, but that's a that's a valid theory, possibly. The Vikings. I, love, I mean, look, they, I love they, they built they built long hauls, yeah. these great long hauls. Why yeah, couldn't they just right. turn it sideways and put it down? Well, yeah. we know that they were in. We well, we don't know, but a lot of people theorize that people traveled a lot further. Towards Mer- North America than we previously have. Oh, those, yeah, in our history those Vikings! Yeah. I mean, they right. could, could they roll like motherfuckers or what? Oh yeah! Holy <laughs> shit! You get twelve of those guys across the yeah, ocean. Absolutely. They don't give a shit. They don't even need the wind. <laughs> it's true. You know, Mutt used to do the row thing at the gym a lot. He D- did he? Yeah, he yeah. row a lot. Yeah, he's a pirate, all yeah. right. I'll tell you what kind of pirate. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is too with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I better not let this get rated R. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Maddie. Thank you, my brother. It's great to have you on the show. Big thrill uh, for me. And Dick Robinson says hi. And did you (laughs) fart in that jar, babe? That's wild. See you next time. The Planet Mikey podcast is brought to you by three fine sponsors. Joe Fish in North Andover. Dr. Robert Leonard, 1-800-GET-HAIR. And my grandma's coffee cake. Call 1-800-8-GRANDMA. She'll love it.